Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you're watching this live on Facebook, we're doing it a day early because we've got a busy week ahead of us later this week. Uh, if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And you know, one thing we hear a lot of in the state of Texas is how much of an impact our state has on what happens around the country. And you know, the, the flip side to that is that what happens around the country obviously matters to us as a state, as much as our influence leaves the state, we certainly are impacted by what happens in DC and our country and across the world at times, right? Um, and there's no doubt that when it comes to the issues of faith, family, and freedom, people look to Texas to lead. But I'm excited. One of the reasons we're having our show a little bit earlier this week, too, is to accommodate the schedule of our guests today. Ambassador Sam Brownback is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He's had many roles that you could put in front of his name Sam Brownback. He served as governor of Kansas. He was a U.S. Senate member from uh, the state of Kansas. He was a presidential candidate at one point, um, I believe, in the 2008 election cycle. And, you know, I met him and I'm going to get into this when he's on the show in just a second. And we're having a conversation. I met him uh, several years ago, I should say, when I was involved in um, attending my very first uh, March for Life in D.C. And so for many of us, we hear the name Sam Brownback. We know that he was one of the early leaders on the issues of pro-life and religious freedom. Ambassador Brownback, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Gosh, it's a pleasure to join you. And uh, uh, Texas does lead on a lot of these values issues. And I'm just I'm delighted to be on your program, delighted to be with you and to talk about these key issues and help move Texas along, I hope, uh, even more on values issues. Well, we're delighted to have you, and you're going to be in Texas later this week. You're going to be at our event on Friday and Saturday right here in the capital of Texas, in Austin, Texas, Central Texas. And Ambassador Brownback is going to be speaking at our dinner Friday night. That is a part of our two-day policy event. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, go to txvalues.org. We have a few left, but you don't want to wait too long. But we're going to have a wonderful event and a wonderful dinner and time together with Ambassador Brownback. You and I saw each other earlier this year at uh, the annual Family Policy Council Conference, um, the network of state family po policy councils across the country. Um, we were out in Florida. I know I saw you a year or two ago for uh, another organization. I think the um, um, it was a state Christian legislators event. And so I know you continue to stay active, um, and, but just recently, in a very important role for the Trump administration. So um, before we get into that, though, I want just our uh, listeners and viewers, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you have such a long legacy of public service. Tell us what uh, motivated you then and continues to motivate you now to be in public service. It's my faith. Uh, it's, uh, I had the great fortune of having cancer as a young member of Congress. Well. Uh, when I first came in in the revolution that Nick, Newt Gingrich led in 1994, I was elected in that class. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm really moving forward strong and pushing on issues and then got uh, got a, a cancer. And it it just made my values sink into me that much more as I looked around and I was just saying, well, Lord, uh, if this doesn't come out well, I, I give it all to you. And it did. But it. It really is my faith uh, um, and that Jesus walking through us uh, that really brings this stuff to life. Because when you start looking around, 
uh, that's a great clarifier of what's important. It's the soul, it's people's lives, uh, it's what they, uh, they do, uh, it's the values they carry. And that's really, that's really what's made it alive. And it's also made me bold uh, for this. None of us are going to live forever here. Uh, there is an eternity that we face, and we face with the consequences of what we do with this life. And I, I want mine to count. Well, there's no doubt your life is counted. And, you know, we look at sometimes these personal experiences that we have can make such a difference in the way that we're able to relate to people in the roles that we're in, right? We, we understand if we've gone through a, you know, a struggle or a crisis and how our faith has been there for us, the value of that, the value of having that religious freedom so people can have the benefit of that, not only in, in state to state, in our country, but across the world. And you had really great honor and privilege, if you will, to be in that position for the Trump administration, which was not just an American role. It wasn't just here. It was an international role. Uh, tell us what that was like to be the uh, religious freedom ambassador under the Trump administration, President Trump, just a few years ago. Um, it was a great honor. I think it was the most important role I've served in in my life. Uh, it's about the eternal soul. It's about opening up uh, the gates of religious freedom around the world. It's about removing uh, the iron curtain of what I call the iron fist of religious persecution that we see in so many places. And it's growing. The Chinese Communist Party is at war with faith open warfare with faith in their own country and in their satellites. And then now you're seeing in the, uh, not only militant Islam attacking people of other faiths, but militant Hinduism and militant Buddhism attacking people in their own country if they dare to be of another faith. This fight's getting bigger and almost every genocide in recent, the last century has been of a religious minority. And often uh, you have Christians uh, that get persecuted and the Christian persecution is at the highest level it's been in Christian history. Now, mm. uh, we've got to start standing up more for uh, opening up and protecting this sacred human right of religious freedom. Well, we're talking with Ambassador Sam Brownback. He has been in a variety of different important roles, public service roles, more recently serving as ambassador for religious freedom and international role that he served in with the Trump administration. You know, Ambassador Brownback, um, we see some challenges at times to religious freedom here in Texas, particularly across the country coming out of COVID, right? There were churches that were not allowed to open. I don't even know if they're, you know, how they're handling that in California. I still think that's an issue out there. Texas took care of business, made it clear that the government could never close a church moving forward for any reason. We were a part of that effort. Other states have done things similar, but we were reminded how important it was uh, not to just pray in our own home, but to go into places together, to have a dedicated space, a building, wherever it may be. Um, and for us to be allowed to make those decisions when we see fit, when it's best for us and not whenever we have permission for the government. And, you know, people ask me sometimes, you know, do you care about other faiths? Is it just religious freedom for Christians? No, I believe in the First Amendment gives everyone the right to religious freedom. But to your point, a lot of times the attacks are against Christians, even in America, sometimes even Texas, we see that at a higher level. 
Um, our friend, Coach Joe Kennedy, who was able to go on a football field recently, now has resigned his position, even though he won his court case and, and got to take a knee again as a football coach. He, uh, from what I'm hearing and reading, that he faced so much scrutiny and just a real hostile and unwelcome environment that he's decided to resign from that position. And so, and that, you know, look, that, that, that's a football game. At a football field, there are certain circumstances where things can seem at a higher level, but we have some work to do. And I know that President Trump, that was something that mattered to him a lot. But, you know, it's interesting with that case, the Joe Kennedy case and Roe versus Wade, we see a lot of power going back to the states. And I'm looking forward to hearing you speak uh, on Friday night at our event. Uh, and, and I would imagine, you know, you spent some time with the family policy councils. You served as a governor of the state. Uh, I think that we're seeing one of the greatest opportunities we've seen in a while for the states to make a difference on these issues. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I think the Joe Kennedy case is very instructive where we win the lawsuit, we win it in court, and then the culture is so poisonous back against him that he doesn't feel like he can stay practicing and he's kind of excluded by the others. That's, we're gonna have to stand up and to be willing to take a lot of the hits on this, even in our own country, in America that stands for religious freedom, that's in our First Amendment, that you have the free exercise right of your faith. So uh, October 18th, uh, probably about 30 different groups are going to get together in Washington, D.C., the Heritage Foundation, to discuss religious freedom in America. And what we can do to start pulling more together, and we're going to focus on key areas like education. Yeah. Healthcare, corporate world, and what the corporate world is doing um, against religious freedom, and then in government. And I hope some people can um, uh, can come and attend this event because we're going to have to start fighting more together here in the United States, pushing back against those forces in the culture, often, but also in business, government, education, healthcare, other places that are trying to limit religious freedom here at home. And uh, we've got to stand up for these things uh, or else our, our rights are going to continue to get restricted and prohibited. No, I agree with you. Unfortunately, that that is still a reality. We'll look for more details about that event on October 18th. You know, Heritage Foundation is led by my good friend, Kevin Roberts, who spent some time here in Texas for a while, also a graduate of the University of Texas. As a matter of fact, we were going to church together for a little while. And so I'm so excited about the great work that he's doing up in D.C. and Heritage Foundation. And he was one of our speakers either last year or the year before at the policy event we have later coming up this week that I know you're going to be a part of. And I'm excited about having you here and continuing to have, um, speaking of Heritage Foundation, Roger Severino is going to be one of our speakers at the event coming up later this week, but we do need a band together, right? I mean, and, and a lot of times you see some of these issues that are coming up, whether it's issues of sexuality or life, so many people that are on the opposite side or that are attacking some of these issues of faith is to try to cast doubt in what the Bible says about certain things or people's right to continue to believe that. Um, so, and sometimes it's not, we see it, it may not be quite as direct as we're used to, but then you look below the surface and that is what the basis of it is, trying to challenge people's faith, trying to challenge the views of what we see in the Bible, Christianity in and of itself. You know, one thing that we're going to talk about at the event this week is the pro-life issue and a lot of discussion about sort of where we go forward. Now, Texas protects the baby in the womb uh, completely. And, and there's a lot of protection, obviously, after the baby's born as far as financial support for mothers. 
and their families. That goes all the way up to the child is three years. But that work is not over. There are other states that are still grappling with this issue. To my point about the Supreme Court pushing or excuse me, delivering a lot of power back to the states. I know that the life issue and I'm not saying it's the only issue you worked on, but I remember you a lot from the from many years ago because that's when I met you the first time. And I know you don't remember. You, there were a lot of people there. I was nobody. I'm still not really anybody. But it was in 2008 or nine. I think uh, George W. Bush was about to leave office, and um, Kelly Shackelford had a ticket to go to the White House in the March for Life. I don't know what conflict he had, but he said, "Jonathan, I can't go. Do you want to go?" I'm like, "Absolutely, I want to go." So somehow I had a VIP pass, and there you were back there. And I got to say hello. Um, what's it like for you to see now, so many years later, Roe versus Wade being overturned and, and this momentum for the pro-life issue? Oh, it's just been fabulous. And which, by the way, is sidebar, but congratulations to you and that victory over Alabama. Wow. Uh, not to get on a sidebar issue. Oh, no, we talk about anybody. football all the time on this show. Do not, you're, you are not in the wrong lane. Trust me. I have a, a, a son, my oldest son's a senior in high school and he's on the football team, but so I will take your congratulations gladly. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I prayed, I pushed for years to see Roe versus Wade overturned and I just often doubted it could ever happen. And then it does. Yeah. And it's back at the states and states like Texas have made major limitations and we would in Kansas, too. But the Kansas Supreme Court has now said, no, you can't do a lot of those things under the Kansas Constitution, which is totally not the law in Kansas. But that's the way the Kansas Supreme Court's interpreted it. I just I think really now is such a key moment for the pro-life movement to convince the American public that life is sacred at all stages and all places. It's a key time for the pro-life movement to get out there with messaging that, that can be encouraging, that is shown as compassionate. Um, I think we need to be starting to stand up uh, a lot more for uh, people like Down syndrome children and, and set numeric goals like saying, we wanna cut the number of Down syndrome abortions in half in five years. Uh, and, and really highlight the, the vulnerable that so many of them get aborted in this country. 90% of Down syndrome children get aborted before they ever get here. And you're going, why? And uh, I, I just think we've got to be out there. And in many cases, we're going to have to change tactics, uh, putting forward different messaging. But at the core, the same issue is there, that we're created in the image of God. We're created from the very beginning in the image of God. That includes the child in the womb. And we want to protect and stand for that vulnerable life. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people know that. We're talking with Ambassador Sam Brownback, former ambassador for international religious freedom under the Trump administration, former governor of Kansas, uh, member of the Senate and Congress from Kansas as well. That that number you talked about with, with Down syndrome babies. As a matter of fact, one of the speakers at our policy event this Friday and Saturday that you're going to be at is Abby Johnson. I imagine you all have met before. Oh, okay. If you all haven't, I'd yeah. love to connect you all. You know, she's seen things people haven't seen before. That's a big reason why she became pro-life. But a lot of people don't know these things. And, and you're right. I mean, and you see laws, people making efforts to do that now because, you know, they shouldn't be treated any different just because of the Down syndrome. We hear stories all the time that women were told while they were still pregnant that there was a diagnosis that the baby had Down syndrome. And so they aborted the baby and they found out that the baby 
um, did not have Down syndrome or they didn't have an abortion and they delivered a baby that was just fine. We know that those mistakes are made. You can imagine how tragic that would be. And so the more that we bring that awareness, the humanity of the child and, you you know, a lot of folks and I hate to call it. Well, if you're OK with me calling you a pioneer in many ways to legislative efforts for pro-life, um, because someone needed to do that. Someone needed to stand firm for many years when you and others were doing that, when we didn't know some of the technology we know. Now, you and I knew in our heart, we knew that that children are made in the image of God. We knew that God formed um, um, that child in the in the womb and that God, the, what the Bible tells us about life beginning. But the science didn't catch up for a lot of other people during those times. We know so much more now. And I think that's making such a big difference that we know so much more about the unborn child. And we see that, particularly coming out of COVID, the issue of humanity. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. The more that we can allow people to see the value of that unborn child in, in whatever um, condition they may have as having value. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I, uh... I, I, it, to me, it's just such a ripe moment to do that. And, you know, after we won Roe versus Wade, which was miraculous and fantastic, but it's like the other side then had a ferocious, a ferocious counterattack, and we kind of fell back on our haunches. I think the pro-life movement, we've got to just kind of regalvanize, figure out what our tactics are. Uh, again, it really does come back to that humanity of the child. One of the bills I put forward early on was the pain capable uh, that the child starts to feel pain at 16, 17 weeks, uh, some would say earlier. But that was pointing out the humanity of the child. This child feels pain. Right. You know, and if it feels pain, then we need to stand with that child. And I, I think those are the sort of things that we have to do in the in William Wilberforce's efforts on the anti-slavery movement 200 years ago. One of the key things he did was show this person is a human and deserves to be protected. And that's what we've got to do is just do that, that same thing. And it's a fight. Uh, I had a priest one time tell me that we get in trouble when we see people as problems and not as people. We've That's got to right. show that that child in the womb is not a problem. It's a person and deserves to be to live and be protected. Well, you know, in Texas, we passed the Texas heartbeat law a couple of years ago, right in the middle where when that case was coming up from Mississippi regarding the Dobbsy Jackson case that overturned Roe versus Wade. And there was a lot of attention, right? If the baby has a it has a heartbeat. That changes the narrative, the conversation. It's hard to deny that there's a living human being in the womb. And so, and those are just facts. You know, the more that we have those facts and can piece that together and match that with humanity, I think it's going to continue to open up the conversation more and people are going to understand they're going to be more supportive. One of the speakers at our event is the, the lady that runs the Family Policy Council, if you will, for the state of New Mexico, where Planned Parenthood is setting up literally on the other side of the state line, trying to get people to come from Texas to perform abortions. And so we're going to talk to her a little bit about how we can work together with New Mexico to, to uh, protect women, even though we know Planned Parenthood is still trying to exploit that opportunity, at least for now. Well, we're just about out of time with you, uh, Ambassador Brownback. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person 
at our event. If you haven't got your tickets yet, folks, go to txvalues.org. Our policy event is this Friday and Saturday. Ambassador Brownback is going to be our guest speaker for the dinner that night. And, you know, look, he, he has been through a lot. And I mentioned that, you know, some of that time period when when we didn't think Roe versus Wade. I didn't. You know, I'm, I turned 50 years this old. That's how long Roe versus Wade, excuse me, this year. It's how long Roe versus Wade has been around. I didn't think I was going to see it. And, and it is here, but it does create this incredible opportunity. I'm still celebrating a little bit, if you will, or sort of like almost in awe at times that we're looking back. Um, but you know what it tells us is we can do these things, you know, when, when yes. the right kind of things fall into place or they're put into place and we stay persistent, right, uh, on what is right. And then maybe it happens sooner than we expected, but but it happened. So I'm looking forward to maybe sharing a little bit of that moment with you and, and others there that, um, you know, are so excited about how we're doing on the life movement and uh, and so many things moving in the right direction. So I hope you have safe travel and um, looking forward to having uh, this great time with you. And I'm glad you're going to bless this text. We could talk some football, too, because I will tell you, one of the things that trips up the Longhorns quite often is Kansas Jayhawks, or when we go, when we play Kansas State, I mean, it's, it's, there's been a couple upsets and some very nervous moments. So I don't ever count them out. <laughs> well, we, particularly, K State's where my undergrad is from. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. That's, we're, we're pretty serious about football too. And, and honestly, we do love beating Texans. So, yeah. uh, you know, well, anytime we I'll, get a chance to do that, we want to. I got a football that I'll, I'll let you take with, and it doesn't cause you to, you know, uh, take sides in the Big 12, this being the last year that Longhorns are going to be competing in the Big 12. But we're going to have some fun. Hey, look, we're about faith, family, and football, and freedom. You know, it's alliteration. <laughs> the F, it, it fits in there. So we're all good. Um, and actually, I'm going to be uh, – my son's going to be playing at his high school game that night when we're at their dinner, and so I'm going to be getting updates. So it'll be a lot of fun. Ambassador Sam Brownback is going to be at our event this Friday and Saturday, and he's been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Ambassador Brownback. Thank you. Well, excuse me. Well, great to have him on. I didn't know we were going to talk as much about football, and so I'm glad that he did because if you watch the show every week, you know that's often thrown in there and very much welcome. And uh, and I got a special little football I'm going to give him when he comes to town because um, it is going to be a Friday night. It'll be Friday night lights inside the event. There'll be plenty of Friday night lights outside the event. Speaking of the event, all right, I got some breaking news. The new hats just arrived. I can hold this the right way, okay? I'm going to put this on my head, all right? God bless Texas, okay? We just got these in today. You got to come to this event because that's how you can get one of these hats. I love it. We've got different colors of it, too. We've got these great uh, mugs and God We Trust. You see this one sitting here, God Bless Texas, along with some incredible speakers. All right, I'm going to make sure my hair looks okay now. Thank you. All right, uh, some great speakers that are going to be there. Abby Johnson, as I mentioned. All right, Chloe Cole. We have Riley Gaines, who's going to make a special appearance um, on Saturday. We've got Paula Scanlon, who was forced to compete against Leah Thomas um, as a swimmer, excuse me, she was on the team um, with um, with Leah Thomas, who's the male swimmer from Texas that was University of Pennsylvania that won NCAA championships in the women's division. If you know a little bit about the story, um, Senator Angela Paxton, 
Um, Senator Mays Middleton, Representative uh, Valerie Swanson, Matt Shaheen, Tom Oliverson, great speakers from Heritage Foundation, Roger Severino, Chloe Cole, the young lady teenager who went through a gender transition and said, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't want to do this anymore. And now she's going around the country talking about why it's not a good idea for kids. And we got to put a stop to it. Aaron Getz from March for Life, speaking of the pro-life issue, Chelsea Yeoman from Human Coalition, Jessica Hart Steinman. I mean, this and our good friend Joseph Cohn from Family Policy Alliance, I can't name them all. We're going to run out of time. Nate Schatzline, state representative. Go to TXValues.org. We spend a lot of time, a lot of months trying to put together a special lineup. It's not the same every year. Now, there are some carryovers. Riley Gaines was a speaker at our event last year. Abby's been here a couple of times, you know, but because some people just have that value or, the, or their issue is still continuing to be relevant, right? Or there's something um, going on recently. So if you look at our speakers, it usually relates to some relationships we have, some work we're doing with some people during this time period or more recently. There'll be a lot of attention on what laws were passed this past legislative session. A little bit of a preview, excuse me, on the school choice issue. Because we know there's going to be a special session. Get my prop back up here. Where's my other prop? Okay, well, let's put the hat right there. Let's see if that'll fit and stay. Probably not. Okay. All right. You got to come to the event to see it. But um, no, I'm excited about it be, um, because we spend a lot of time. We want this to be a great experience. We want to educate, motivate, and activate you on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And what's going to happen in the special session on school choice? There might be other issues that get covered. All right. We've made that request. What's going on with some of these lawsuits? The ACLU is sued against some of our new laws. There's an, um, a report out that there was some kind of dust up at UT Tyler related to men in college uh, and women's sports at the collegiate level. Who knows what will be uh, breaking that weekend when we get to Friday and Saturday. But it's not too late. And if you're a student, um, 21 and younger, or if you're a pastor, you get a complimentary free ticket. Now, they're not unlimited. So please, you're running out of time. Get your ticket now. Reserve that free ticket. General admission is only $25. I'm sorry you missed the sale that ended last night, $10 off, but $25 for a two-day event. And that includes lunch on Saturday. Abby Johnson's on Saturday. Riley Gaines, Paula Scanlon on Friday. You've got the Office of, of Governor uh, Steve Munisteri. We've got Sam Brownback is on Friday and a lot of other great speakers. We're going to release the lineup. If it's not up already, you can check it out on the event website. Go to txvalues.org and register for this event. There's a live stream if you can't make it into Austin. And listen, if you like what we're doing, please send it a donation. Help us underwrite the cost of this event. It is not a fundraising event. It's an educational event. We're hoping just to break even, if you will. So if you can make a donation to support this event, it would make a big difference to you, okay? And if you send a note and you donate um, $250 or more, I'll send you one of these hats and I'll personally sign a little thank you note. But we, um, we need your help to continue to do the work we do for faith, family, and freedom here in Texas. And that's how we'll continue to support and have Texas values in our great state. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.